0: Hi, I'm the Asian sensation Kanji, you're listening to Queen's Court. Hi guys, this is the Queen of Queen's Massage talking and I am so
1: happy to introduce you to the Queen's Court.
0: Hello, my darlings, and welcome to episode 30 of Queen's Court Queenie Guides, episode one. Oh my God! We made it to 30 episodes. Can you even? I'm so excited, and I couldn't think of a better way, a more perfect way to celebrate making it to 30 episodes of Queen's Court. Oh my God! Then with this brand new series, Queenie Guides, OMG, I cannot wait to bring this to you. As most things do, it went down in the DMs. (laughs) Well, maybe not the DMs exactly, but a group text message between my dear friends, JPQ and Anthony from Smart to Death. And we were chit-chatting, as we normally do, and I was saying to them, Oh my God, you guys, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to record, I'm kind of stuck, I I don't know what I want. And I couldn't think of, of how I wanted this to work. And then they came up with this idea, essentially, where JPQ said to me, Well, what if, like, you didn't want to watch WWE anymore? What would you do? And from there, it kind of snowballed. Anthony threw some things in. I threw some things in. And it's really this concept of hashtag Queenie guides or hashtag let the Queen guide you to other wrestling promotions. Shout out to Anthony for that specific line. I think it's great. It's golden, in fact. So the first things that came to my brain were, oh my God, like, how do you start watching other promotions? Where should you start? How do you get to these other promotions? Where do you find them? Okay, very exciting things. One of the best parts about being a wrestling fan is the fact that there's so much content out there, you guys. So much content. It's exciting. It's different. It's fun. There's something for everybody. You may see promotions and be like, nah, you know, it's not really my cup of tea. That's fine. There's hundreds of others to choose from. That's the beauty of, of this business that we love. So really, I was thinking to myself, okay, how is this going to evolve? How is this going to get together? How is it going to formulate? But essentially, what I started to think of was I can have people come on who are, I would say, quote unquote, experts or not a stand, but a very large fan promoter supporter of a certain type of promotion, right? Right. And I can bring them on and I can have them help guide you to something different that you may not have seen before. Or you may have heard about, been curious about, but haven't really taken the, the plunge, if you will. Haven't really gotten in like super deep. Now, some of these promotions I will have watched myself and others may be totally new to me. And that I think is the beauty of it. So I have an entire idea about what this is gonna be about. But essentially, it's that. It's how do we guide down a new path when something that we love just isn't cutting it anymore? What else would we do? While well, we wish them well and we hope them, you know, that they improve, we may see them later. But now I think it's time to take the journey. I think it's time for the queen to guide with some help into a new wrestling world for the listeners of Queens Court, for the people on wrestling Twitter. It's time for us to broaden our perspectives. You guys, it's time to reach out into this wide world of wrestling and find something new, find something different. See if it resonates with you. This episode, this very first one had to go to my homeboy, my other half of the hashtag Queen of Pup Connection, JPQ. And I bet you might have an inkling, if you know me and you know JPQ, what promotion he might be helping to guide you onto. <laughs> so I'm going to shut my trap, babies. And without further ado, strap in, because it's time for episode one of Queenie Guides with JPQ. All right, people, here we are. As promised, I hope you're strapped in because it's time. It is time for the very first installment in the Queenie Guide series. And as I told you in the intro, he's here, one half, the better half of the Queen and Pup Connection, my pal and yours, JPQ. Welcome, buddy. Thanks,
1: Queen. I'm excited to be here. I don't know about better half, but uh, certainly... The louder speaking of the two.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, that's probably true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But you're back. You're on Queen's Court again. We're in a different castle. But here we are. And this idea, as I was explaining in the intro to the people, really came out of our group DM, Mm -hmm. or group text message, if you will, with... That fuck, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just kidding,
0: love you, Aunt. Um, Not really, but no, I do. Yeah, I, I do, but I'm still going to call you that fuck. So, this was born out of me being like, guys, I'm I'm stuck. I'm in a rut. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> and you had been hearing my, you know, oh, my complaining and my being disenfranchised with the big company, WWE, and I'm like, oh my God, you guys, I don't know what to record. I'm like so disheartened. I'm like out of the game. And here you guys come with this great idea. And we kind of formulated it in our group text. And here we are.
1: Yeah, I, the white knights come to the rescue again. <laughs> yes, that's very pompous. But you know what I
0: mean? <laughs> well, you were my white knights in that scenario. That's for sure.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he, I mean, it, it couldn't have gone any other way than to have you first. Because I feel like this is a promotion that we're gonna talk about today that you're very well known for in terms of supporting and watching and telling people <laughs> about it. But it's also a promotion I feel like people are like, yeah, 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 I'll check it out, JPQ. But like they don't.
1: <laughs> it's a that's a that's fair a- way of putting it. It's a yeah. fair, like they they like the hype. Yeah. But the actual, like, okay, I'm going to go sit down and commit some energy to this, it doesn't always seem to quite get there.
0: And I don't know why, but we're going to dive into it today. We're going to try and figure it out. But first, we have to tell the people what it is. So, JBQ, I'm going to let you take it away with this first kind of introduction. What is this promotion, if you were to try to explain it to people that had, you know, maybe never watched it, never maybe heard of it, but don't really understand it.
1: Yeah. So the promotion that we're talking about is stardom, right? Hashtag watch stardom. And it's an an important promotion for various reasons. Number one, it's an all women's promotion. So if you're a fan of women's wrestling, if if you like uh, women going out there and and wrestling their asses off, this is a promotion for you. If you enjoy simple, basic storytelling that has a uh, beginning, middle and end, and short-term booking and long-term bookings of the like, stardom's a promotion for you. If it's something where you're tired of the convoluted complexities of, of narratives being told that are never paid off one stardom is a promotion for you. It, it's one of those things where it, it, it really boils down to wrestling doesn't have to be complicated to be enjoyed or to be understood. right? Mm. And there's guilty pleasures in this world uh, when it comes to wrestling, and you just have to kind of jump in with two feet into something that you're not an accustomed to, uh, accustomed to seeing night in and night out uh, on your television set, and you will find a promotion that 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 resonates with your fandom that you haven't seen before. In this instance, when it comes to my fandom, Stardom was that for me. It is my guilty pleasure. So when people talk to me about uh, Stardom, they go, "Well, you don't seem to be very critical of this promotion." Look, there are going to be things that you can be critical about, but sometimes you just got to turn that analytical side of your brain off and say, "I'm a wrestling fan. I just want to enjoy wrestling." And so, if you enjoy the the act of wrestling, and you 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 find yourself being uh, your 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 beliefs being suspended over time, or disbeliefs being uh, suspended over time, well then wrestling or then Stardom might be the promotion for you. Uh, in this instance. Uh, It is for me. And so if we're going to talk about a promotion and and get people to be uh, who are interested in to try to get them invested in it, this is a good one to start with.
0: I think so, too. I, you know, having known you for as long as I have, we we continuously talk about stardom and you're the one that got me into stardom. And granted, I don't watch it as, as much as you do. But I do watch it, and I do try to catch myself up, so at least I'm, like, coherently understanding what you're talking about <laughs> for the most part, right? It's right. just a little slower for me getting into it. Sure. But I, I think what's, what I'm really curious about is why did you seek out stardom, or did you seek out stardom, and what made you really start watching it in the first place? Was it the fact that you were being critical, as you had mentioned before, of of other things, and you wanted something – Else, something new and fresh or is that what you were looking for or did you stumble on it by accident or what happened
1: well so i, I stumbled across it on youtube um th- about five or six years ago i mean timeline wise it's a little blurry because we're not at we weren't as involved in the wrestling uh internet wrestling community and or wrestling to the level that we are today right podcasts mm-hmm. and social media and things like that i mean back in the day you would just kind of find what you liked and you followed through on it uh, for me, it's something where I've always enjoyed a, a good technical story being told in the ring. Right to me, storytelling or uh, professional uh, uh, wrestling is is storytelling through work rate. Right, and uh, to not be able to have commentary kind of fill in the gaps, and uh, which which stardom in in the way that I watch it, you don't always get that commentary. Right? Mm Sardom-world.com does a great job of putting on the matches so that you can see them in a digestible format. But you don't get the Samurai TV, because that's where you'll find it. You don't get the Samurai TV uh, intros. You don't get the commentary that comes along with it. It's very plain Jane in the way they present it, which is they're going to do a quick promo. They're going to come to the ring. You're going to get the pageantry of the the, the introductions, which, again, aren't over the top. But there's music, and there's streamers, and there's fun outfits and things of that nature. And then you're going to get a match. And then after that match, you're going to – you might – depending on the uh, whether it's a co-main, main, or undercard, uh, you might get a little uh, a promo afterwards. And that's all you're going to get. And so when I saw that, it's so different than what I'm conditioned to watching uh, with the likes of WWE or WCW back in the day, or even ECW on some level. It is so uh, stripped down to the bare mm. essentials of what wrestling can be that I found myself really kind of enjoying uh, th- that presentation because it, it it you didn't need a lot. And your focus was on the the in-ring work of these women. Uh, and what you realize is that they execute at a high level. And so an appreciation for the work rate came when I started watching Stardom. And then as it's kind of developed over the last couple of years, and some people have left and some other people have come in, and then they've groomed talent underneath, we saw stars being built. We saw uh, high execution with stiff, um, uh, uh, hard matches in the ring. Um, And we saw simple storytelling, right? And those three things combined to uh, uh, come across on what I was watching without it having to be overproduced, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Although they put on a lot of uh, shows, uh, five shows a month or so you know, you don't get the oversaturation feel because you don't always feel like you have to watch every match or you don't always feel like you have to watch a three-hour pay-per-view uh, to understand what is going on. Um, the way they break it up on stardom-world.com into single matches over the course of a week allows you to come in, pop in, pop out 15, 20 minutes at a time, five, 10 minutes at a time, depending on if you're what, what position in the card you're watching. And it gives you that uh appetizer of of wrestling that you're looking for without having to commit to a full course if that makes sense
0: it does make sense and i and i'm curious if that plus the appreciation for the the actual wrestling because they do they do showcase it. it it's such a different vibe and feel for those who haven't seen it you're exactly right in explaining it it's like stripped down it's this is what it is and we're gonna watch this wrestling and it really changes the way i think you see wrestling and you view wrestling especially for women you know part of the thing i was so shocked about was how stiff their matches were i was like oh my Mm -hmm. god and how talented they are and how young they are it's it's kind of wild so i was wondering a little bit about like how how did all of that like keep your attention what was it specifically that was like yeah this is going to be it (laughs) like i'm here
1: I think for me, it comes down to two things. One, um, it's a very Japanese style, very strong mm-hmm. style base. Uh, so if you're a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, there's um, ties between the two promotions with the way that they wrestle, right? That's number one. Uh, number two, the discipline of the the women in the ring translates to the viewer watching. Like, you know they take what they do in the ring very seriously. Right. Um, they may not be serious characters, but but they understand that when they're in that ring and they're they're presenting their craft to an audience that they're going to give hundred percent. There are no days off, right? I think that lends itself uh, to uh, to my fandoms as well. More importantly than either one of those two things is the fact that when when you, when you sit down and you watch this, um, there's there's a a, a focus on um, the roster as a whole right like whether it's faction based and you're and you're dealing with four factions and how uh, those factions um go against each other or how the internal dynamics of the faction work uh it's very streamlined it's very basic um and because of that you don't have to think too hard so your focus really becomes more on uh how they uh go in and execute more than okay well the continuity side of the storytelling
0: Mm. now for the storytelling aspect and the the way that they present their storylines and you've mentioned the factions you know for people who like new japan that has a very heavy influence as well another similarity that i found i was like oh faction based okay i like that we're on teams but not really so this is interesting How would you explain these factions, maybe, like, their personalities and their way of telling their stories? Because I find that and their characters, I think, to be one of the most interesting things about stardom. Because even the heels aren't really heels, I guess. I'm not sure how to explain it. (laughs) Yeah, there is no good or bad in stardom. Yeah, right. That's That's it. Yeah, there's no good and no bad. But they're, like, there is a bad guy faction.
1: Sure, Yeah, they blur the lines. Um, Mm -hmm. You have your heels, you have your faces, but really you don't have either. Uh, And what I mean by that is that it's a family-based promotion. Mm -hmm. It's fun. It's palatable to all people. Um, You know, it's something where you can sit down with your kid and you can watch it because it's not going to be over-the-top grandiose in in any type of way uh, outside of some 080 time matches. Um, The four factions that we're dealing with are Queen's Quest, S.T.A.R.S., Tokyo Cyber Squad, and Oedo Tai. Now, uh, Queen's Quest is, the best way to look at Queen's Quest, and I give all the credit in the world to Bowling JD over at the Red Leaf Retrocast, um, the way that he presented it, and it, they're like the Yankees, right? Mm, they're yeah. your hired guns. They're always going to be vying for the, the tag team championships, the trio championships, the 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 intercontinental, or the, or the wonder of stardom championship, or the their main championship, the world of stardom championship. Uh, and whether they're vying against other factions for it or they're fighting internally for it it's all about respect and that if you're in queen's quest you're you're expected to perform at a high level right mm. not just with your character but then with your wrestling acumen uh and so good bad internal struggles or not you know you can you can be the number one you can be the number two and you could be battling over their inner intercon- their white belt for example their singles title and you there is no animosity. It's it's expected of us to go for this title, right? right? And so there's a respect feud there. At the same time, you have stars; they're kind of like your poppy. They would be associated with like being faces, right? They mm. uh, their focuses tend to be more on the mainstream uh, uh, fandoms of stardom. You know, that's where Mayu Watani is. That's where Tam Nakano is. That's where Risa Hoshiki, People that have gone out and created names for themselves outside of stardom in various other types of martial arts whether that be uh shoot catch fighting with arisa or or karate and 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 pop culture with the way tom has been um you know they tend to be more of your uh bells of the ball is probably a good way
0: Mm, i like that
1: yeah and then then you have a way to tie and they're the closest to uh the heels that you have and they can have some heelish antics they they do a little bit of throwing people across the ring they they'll take it out into the crowd they'll They've been known to hang people from time to time. And the reason I bring that up is because it's happened three or four times in the last two years. So, you know, that becomes a staple of the faction over time. But even when they're doing it, you know, it's like it's aggressive. But it it never lasts too long and it's never the the finality of the match. It's always just a part of the match as they go on. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's there's comedy elements involved with Natsu within 080 Tai. Uh, you have some of their younger... Trainees. There's a senpai kohai relationship between the leader and her training and and mentoring everybody underneath of her, no matter the status. Uh, that that there's a respect level within Oedo Tai and chain of command uh, that they focus on. So again, you can find positives and negatives, and and they bring a lot of um, you know affable qualities to a to a heel faction, right? Um, the newest faction, Tokyo Cyber Squad. Mm-hmm. which was created earlier this year, uh, they tend to be, in, in my opinion, the, the land of misfit toys, right? Their focus is on uh, I- inclusion, bringing everybody in, whether whether you, you you don't fit in the Queen's Quest, stars, Oedo tie uh, narratives, uh, we're going to bring you in under this uh, international army type of feel. Uh, our leader is sweet and psychotic, you know, and and we're going to come out with water pistols and guns, and 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 show you a a very um, regimented way of being successful. But we're going to do it in a fun, lighthearted way because at the end of the day, we don't take ourselves too seriously until that bell rings. And that that's a good balance of uh, of of fun, gleefulness mixed with uh, an undertone of uh, you know just. Serious badassery, I guess is the best (laughs) way of putting it, you know, where where they know they can be quirky because when they're in the ring, they're going to put you uh, through the ringer. So interesting dynamic like that. And again, you can find in every faction someone to like someone to hate, you know, so so the good versus bad narrative isn't typically uh, as 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 easy to spot as in other promotions.
0: Yeah, that's the kind of cool thing about it. And when I first started watching Stardom, I was like, where are the bad guys? Where are the good guys? You know, this is your training. <laughs> You're yeah. used to that. Your condition. Like, yeah, you. it's a great word. You're conditioned to expect these kind of things. And I was like, this is not happening. I kind of like everybody. Okay, what's going on? But just to, I, I just enjoy the different characters and the way that they present themselves within these factions. And I'd say... The, you were talking just now about Tokyo Cyber Squad and, like, how they can be a little quirky and weird because when they get in the ring, things are going to go down. And that reminds me of Hana, mm-hmm. who just won the um five-star Grand Prix. What a look that girl has. Oh, my God. We've talked about her for wrestling fashion. But yeah, that's one that you'd see her and you're like, wow, you're very, like interesting to look at this is cool you have a really dope outfit and you have like the gas mask and I'm confused by your hair but I love it and it's pink and what's going on and then she gets in the ring and you're like oh oh I mean she's so talented and, and that's the cool thing I've, I found about the stuff in stardom it, it's a lot of hard-hitting matches it's a lot of the unexpected and that's something I, I sounds stupid to say it again but I wasn't expecting to be surprised by these factions and the way that they work together and while they're still in factions you're right there's still that expectation that yeah we're going to fight for belts and yeah we're going to do what we're going to do but they still have that camaraderie within their own faction which i think is really unique i haven't seen another wrestling promotion that does it quite like stardom does
1: no and it you know what it gives them something to do when right. they're not committed to a storyline you sure. know to have stars versus queen's quest for example in a in a three-on-three just on a card for the sake of having it, it, it it allows a baseline of storytelling where you don't have to think too hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like we we as fans tend to be, we we tend to overanalyze when uh, certain people are going against certain people and how this whole all works. Well, in yeah. Stardom, if you're not outside of like their their Cinderella tournaments, their G one style five star Grand Prix, mm-hmm. their work, their, their tag leagues, things of that nature. If you're not in the co-main or main event in a singles match or if you're not vying for a tag title, well, then you're just part of the roster and your job is to go out there and execute week in and week out at these, what could be class, I mean, they're all house shows in a sense, right? Right. Um, So when you have like a a Saki Kashima and a Tam uh, Nakano uh, teaming up, within stars to go against Momo Watanabe and, and Azumi, you know, you don't need to flesh out a story. It's just faction right. wars, right? It's just factions going against factions uh, to flesh out the rest of the card. And something as basic as that is all you need as a fan to keep yourself invested.
0: Yeah, and I I think you're right. And, and it gets too complicated elsewhere. It doesn't always have to be something crazy going on. And it's nice and refreshing to have that type of storyline. And I find it also interesting the way that they have their belts. This is the one thing that I, when I first started watching, I was like, okay, JPQ, what does all of this mean? (laughs) Why are they all different colors? I don't understand what's going on. (laughs) But there's so many different ones. They have the World of Stardom Champ, the Wonder of Stardom, the Goddess of Stardom, the Artist of Stardom, which I think is probably my favorite Um, the high speed one, which, um, people who watch AEW Riho, right. Is the current high speed champion. She is. Um, and they have a couple other ones. I can't remember off the top of my head, but they're shaped like stars, but they're different colors. So like for people who don't understand their belt system, we know that the world of stardom champion is, is the big one, right? What would we say is the one right after that? And that's the red belt.
1: So the red belt is their number one. That's their right. world championship, right? The The world of stardom champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- from there, you have your uh, wonder of stardom championship, which is your hashtag white belt, right? That's your intercontinental, mm. right? The reason I like to use colors to associate with them, one, it's easier. Yeah. Uh, instead of going world and wonder and artist and goddess and like that, tend- can, it, that can have it has a tendency to be a little confusing. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> yes. But the Intercontinental is associated with the white strap, right? right? So you know when you talk hashtag white belt, it it tends to be a little bit more palatable for people that are learning. Um, from there you have your goddesses of Stardom champion uh, or championships, which is which is your tag teams, uh, the black belts, mm-hmm. and then you have your artists, which is your trios, uh, your artists of Stardom champions, and that's your light blue. Uh, your baby blue, your baby, uh, well, your light pink, your baby blue, and your orange titles. And again, they're all the same in the sense that they're big stars with the the buckles on the sides. Um, but when they're walking to the ring, because you're not always going to get a trios match, but they always come out with their titles. Yeah. Or they do a lot of uh, of, of multi-champions, right? Joshi Wrestling is known for this, that if you're one of the the top tier, well, you could be the tag champ, you could be the the world of stardom champion, the, the overall champion, you could be a trios champion and you could be, you know, a, a, a wonder of stardom champion. So when they come out and you could visualize the belts just based off the straps, it mm. lets you know, as a new fan, uh, whether or not these, these people should be taken seriously or not. So in any instance, whether it's time for a match or not, uh, they represent and they wear those championships with pride and so when they come to the ring, although it might not be a a trios match, you know, and it's just a singles match for whatever reason, you know that this person's a champion within stardom. And they do a really nice job of of keeping those people elevated.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And the one that Riho has now, the high speed, is that like your – I don't know how I would say – like the cruiserweight belt, right? The high flying or like your – um what does Will Ospreay have there? Oh, my God, in my the brain! junior heavyweight, the junior heavyweight championship. Right. It's like the high flyers, the really quick in the ring, hard hitting. Is that what it, it's like? Is it similar?
1: Sort of. So so a lot like the the cruiserweight from WCW or the junior heavyweight or the light heavyweight championship in in, mm-hmm. in uh, a WWF at the time. It's it's not like those in the sense that it's for high flyers. But it's okay. a different style of wrestling, right? Oh. These matches are fast-paced. There's a lot of uh, chain wrestling involved. There's a lot of pinning combinations countered into other pinning combinations. It's a lot of, like, I always likened it to when I started watching it uh, as, if you go back and you watch the old Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero's, right? Oh, okay. the first 10 minutes of that match was just trading offense back and forth and countering out of that offense. And they'd stop and the, the crowd would appreciate it and they would applaud, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because it's a high technical level uh, of of mat wrestling. Well, that's all these matches are. And they only last about five minutes. And so it's a lot of back and forth. It's a lot of quick counters. There's a lot of evasive movements. Uh, There's a couple pauses in between and then it's cheeky finishes through pinning combinations or through catching somebody on on running knees, Um, you know, and it's and it's fluid. It's very fluid. It's a style within Joshi that is not represented in in most wrestling around the world.
0: Another reason why it's so unique, and it's another thing that I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting, and and I, I'm hard pressed to find that exact thing elsewhere. I can see it in Zack Saber Jr. Sometimes when I watch him wrestle, he does a lot of that chain stuff. Yeah. Um, he just had a great one with Sonata in the G1, but it's not something you see on the regular. I feel like, and I can go to one promotion and be like, this is where I see it all the time, right? And right. so that I think is really special. But in terms of like their championships, a, a lot of people feel some type of way about their championship like the championship belts and the champion themselves. Like they should be a like reigning champion for a long time sure. or I really like the way New Japan really respects their belts and they only defend them a couple times a year and blah, you know all that stuff. And a lot of people have issue with places like the WWE where the title flip-flops quite a bit. So in terms of stardom, do they have do they have that type of long reigning champions where they defend like a long time or is it quicker? How would we categorize that?
1: It depends. I'll tell you that just just like with any successful promotion, um, it's a mixed bag, right? Mm-hmm. Like you might only get one or two defenses out of a trios champion uh, before they, they switch the belt into another faction. Right. You might get five or six runs with the, the tag team titles before somebody else uh, gets an opportunity to run with them. Um, there's enough prestige there to keep you invested. And they're smart in the sense of uh, making sure that the titles mean something. When it comes to the world of Stardom Championship, the red belt, as well as the wonder of Stardom Championship, the white belt, the singles titles, there's an emphasis on how they build these these matches and the, mm. the, the matches that are built are all predicated off of uh, in-ring promos at the end of a defense. So, for example, uh, if uh, Arisa Hoshiki, who had a ha, who won the Cinderella tournament, took the title off Momo Watanabe and then just went through the five star Grand Prix like she wanted Kagetsu because they tied each other in uh, in in the five star grand prix, they ran to a time limit draw. So she calls out Kagetsu. When that happens, we have Avery, who's over on a tour, come out and say, "Well, you can have her, but I'm not done with Japan yet. I want to match first, right?" And mm. then now Arisa's got a, a decision to make. Like, well, I want her, but you're calling me out, so I'll beat you, and then I'll focus on Kagetsu, right? Right. Simple storytelling. Sometimes. After they win a match, they uh, call out their next opponent or sometimes somebody comes into the ring and challenges, right? Right, There are no uh, month after month, you know, type of story arcs that are built in stardom. It's you and I are going to fight. And then if I beat you, then who do I want to fight next? Or Mm. somebody's going to come in and say, I would like to challenge you. And it's all built around respect based off the work rates and matches that other people are having. So – you know, you don't always know the direction in which it's going, but because it's built out of this respect type of format, uh, any challenger is believable, right? If you just put on a, a fine three matches and you have a little bit of uh, a momentum behind you and and Arisa, who has the white belt, I'm just using that as the example, uh, mm-hmm. comes off a victory uh, defending the title and you get in the ring and you challenge and she accepts, okay, well, you don't need a story at that point. You just no. know three weeks from now when they meet up, that this is going to be uh, those two going after each other. On the same level, take that exact same scenario, but now Arisa has taken notice of your momentum, and she says, I want to go against you next. It sets, the story sets itself up from there. Uh, typically, their storylines aren't overly complicated when it comes to their titles. It's it's all about uh, who's winning, who's not, and who, who do I need to beat to elevate my position within the uh within the eyes of the fans uh to to carry this belt to the next level right because I have the title I need to challenge good people to, for people to take me seriously as a champion so if there is no dodging opponents there is no uh uh, uh running away or or cheeky finishes it's we're going to get when we're in that ring one on one the the better woman's going to win Right, and and they tell such a smart story with with and again like there's nuance to it, but because they're in there and they take it seriously and they, you know, they their their focus is on having a good in ring match. Mm. Whoever ends up winning benefits of taking the momentum and taking that title into the next spot. So right now we're seeing uh, B Priestley get over with the World of Stardom uh, championship. We see Arisa who won the Cinderella tournament, beginning to find her legs with the Wonder of Stardom Championship. And they really do a good job of utilizing these titles to help build new stars. And as somebody who has watched world title reign after world title reign and it not uh, get the, the, the person who has it over, it's really refreshing to watch because it's so simple, but it's so effective at the same time.
0: Yeah, because I think some of that is is my problem with, like, WWE, for example. They're not building anybody else. (laughs) The people that they're going through these belts with are are the same old, same old. And when they do build it, a lot of it, I feel like, has been by accident. You know, take Kofi, for example. It was supposed to be Ali in that match. Ali got hurt, Kofi got put in, and look what happened. That's lightning in a bottle. Right. They didn't plan for that, (laughs) you know? And it just happened. And that was something they did so very right? But at the same time for me, where are their new stars? How are we getting these challengers? A lot of it is just, well, this person is very high profile. They're going to get a title shot. What I love about stardom is that exact thing you were trying to explain before and so nicely did how it's based off respect. Okay, I'm going to fight this person. I'm going to fight them if I'm winning. Now, what am I going to do? And either someone challenges me or I challenge them. And it's all like. It's not equal because right someone's a champion and someone's not but it's Mm -hmm. believable I can understand why that champion would say yeah I'm down like let's go it makes it more I don't want to say legitimate but it makes it more real in that way. Like, wins and losses matter here. The way you perform matters because what you do next and how well you perform in whatever it is can set you up for future things, which I find to be extremely satisfying. Like, look, this girl put her effort in. She won this. Now what is she going to do? And, okay, she's going to get a toe shot. Great. And you can get behind that a lot more, I feel like, than, you know, what we're getting elsewhere. And that's not just WWE. There's other places that do it, too. I'm just using that as the easiest example.
1: Yeah, and and it doesn't just stem from the the championships either. It's an easy one to gravitate towards. You know, but for example, Saki Kashima and Natsu Mm -hmm. Samir had a great little arc of three matches over the course of four months. uh, that were all comedy-based, based based around uh, Saki Kashima's uh, theme song. So Mm. Saki comes to the ring. Uh, and she has a great theme song. It's my ringtone. Uh, yes, it <laughs> it's it's the best theme song in all of uh, in all of wrestling. And <laughs> as she's coming out to the ring, Natsu's in the ring singing it like over the top, um, dramatizing uh, this song, and says that she's going to steal it from her. Right. And then they have a match, and it's very comedy oriented, and and Natsu gets the win, and now Saki's pissed, and this goes into the battle of the theme song for the next time they meet up two weeks later. In which they have a very similar type of comedy match to where, you know, uh, uh, so- Saki can win, right? And then right. they take that into the five-star Grand Prix, where now it's not about the song anymore, but now it's about I'm going to steal uh, Saki's finisher, right? And I'm going to be – this is now the Battle of the re- of Revival, which is the, the the one of the moves of, of Saki Kashima. It's one of her finishers. And it's, so it's just like this very lighthearted, fun, easy way of of telling a story – Based around comedy wrestling, so mm-hmm. so now we're getting uh, nuance, right? It's not just heavy hitting, uh, mm-hmm. back and forth championship caliber matches, but we can bring some levity to the undercard by having you know these fun little stories. And it doesn't take a lot, right? You just you just need a reason to buy in, and they do a very nice job of streamlining that uh, for for the fan, so that you're always kind of in the know of what's happening. And then they go out there and they perform it in the ring and and it works, right? It's executed the way you would hope that it would be.
0: Yeah. And, and speaking of buying in, another thing that I find delightful and also surprising for a lot of people is those that have come out of stardom into the wider world of wrestling that totally surprise people that have no idea that this is where they came from. And I was hoping that you could name drop a few just to drop some knowledge (laughs) on them about who came from stardom that they may recognize on their television every week.
1: Sure. Um, I I think where it's important to start is um, with WWE. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're a fan of Io Shirai in NXT, she was the face of stardom. She was the ace of stardom uh, for the better part of six or seven years. Um, she started Queen's Quest. You know, She brought in Mayu Iwatani um, and and built her as a star in 2016. I mean, she was there before that. She's been there for like nine years, but built her into a main event star in 2016. And they have a, a trilogy of matches back and forth that is just, it, it's just you know a beautiful sto- uh, piece of storytelling over the course of the year. So if you're a fan of Io Shirai, she got her start. She didn't get her start, but she got known. It, uh, mm-hmm. Because of her work in Stardom, uh, Kyrie Zane was Kyrie Hojo. She was also part of Queens Quest. She was in the faction with Eo Shirai. She comes from the world of Stardom. If you're a fan of Tessa Blanchard, she was there in 2016, and and she did a run uh, with Stardom as well. If if let's sticking with NXT for a second, Shayna Baszler, right? When Shayna Baszler left MMA and she was working the independents, she found herself over in Stardom uh, and did a couple tours over there. Uh, to work on her in-ring ability. And she was made a, a household name in Japan because of stardom. Um, you know, there's uh, a couple of, um, like like Asuka, for example, uh, on the main roster, not really part of stardom, like full force, but she's done a lot of work with stardom and, and partnerships within Joshi Wrestling. <clears throat> if you were a stardom fan, you knew who Kana was. And then when mm-hmm. she got signed, she went uh, obviously became Asuka. Uh and, and she has some background in stardom as well. Uh Zaya Brookside, right, uh from NXT UK. She's done a lot of work uh in, in the in the recent last 12 months or so uh coming over and doing uh stardom matches as well. If you're an AEW fan mm-hmm. and you find yourself fancying B. Priestley, B. Priestley has been working not only in stardom. For the last couple years, but because of the partnerships with stardom and other UK outlets, you know, we see a lot of those types of of, of talent come over. So Sadie Gibbs, for example, uh, B Priestley, Jamie Hayter have all found a niche within stardom um, that is translated into uh, performances worldwide with different wrestling promotions. So, you know, if you're a a, 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 a women's wrestler or if you're <clears throat> excuse me, a female wrestler. You know, and you have the opportunity to get a tour with with, with Stardom. You're ultimately elevated uh, in the eyes of bookers around the world because Stardom a doesn't offer tours to everybody. But then, more importantly than that, uh, because of the way they run their day in and day out operation, and everybody trains every single day uh, to to make not just uh, the The people that are there better, but then the 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 people underneath of them, the stars that they're building underneath, make them better. You know, those people take the, that that skill set, and when they leave Stardom, they they leave with more than when they came. Um, so again, across, uh, down the line, there's a whole bunch of uh, uh, of wrestlers that are pretty in pretty prominent roles across uh, a lot of promotions that have some type of foundation based out of Stardom.
0: Which is wild. Mm -hmm. It's wild. When you think about that, stardom has its fingers (laughs) spreading out (laughs) with all of these ladies. And it's it's really great. And like Shayna Baszler, that shocked me. Like when I started to really get into it and I looked back, I was like, excuse me, what? (laughs) It just was so surprising to me. But now that I've been watching it for a little while and I see all the people that have come out of there and I see the talent that's there now, it baffles my mind why people don't watch this promotion. With all of the names that you just said, never mind what's there now, but people who are fans of all of these wrestlers you just named, why don't people watch Stardom, JPQ? Well,
1: it's not as accessible. I mean, it's the most accessible Joshi promotion that you can get, but it's still not as accessible, number one. You know, um, it, it has its own streaming service, but there are no live streams. Uh, right. Everything is posted the within the 72 hours to four days after the matches go up. And that's number one. Uh, number two, you have to use Google Translate to get through the, uh, the, the login. And there's been some issues with the login, depending on what kind of browser you use, where you're putting in your credit card information and it's telling. And it's, Google Translate says expiration date year or expiration month and year. And you put it in it doesn't accept your card and you have to kind of mm-hmm. know to flip those two to get it to work because Google Translate is, is screwing up how it works. Uh, your confirmations all come in Japanese. Your monthly bill all comes in Japanese. So, you know, there's a security issue there with like there there is no security issue, but like it feels that way because you can't read it. You know what I mean? Like, right. You don't know what the hell you signed up for. Sure. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, and, and so, but they're they're still at their infancy with regards to their streaming services. Um, having any type of over the top streaming service is a win in in twenty nineteen because again, it just sets you that much more apart than everybody else. Uh, on top of that, you know, it, at the end of the day, uh, stardom is still is uh, compared compared to, to a lot of uh, worldwide wrestling promotions. It's still very small, right? It's sure. The foundation and the, the work rate and the talent might exceed expectation for their size, but they're still a relatively small company, right? They're a very small fish in a very big pond, and so they get overlooked from time to time. You know, Plus, if you're accustomed to certain production value or mm. if you're a fan because of the pageantry and the soap opera-ness of, of, uh, of professional wrestling – well, stardom doesn't really lend itself to that because, because of the, you know, the, the the finances of the business, right? Like they they run Shinkaba, or Shinkaba, um, uh, Shinkaba geez, uh, they run Cork and Hall, you know, they run these areas that if you're a New Japan fan, you might know these arenas, but there might only be five to 700 people in it, right? They're not coming out with the big sets and the big lighting and the pyro and no, like it, it's it's way more basic than that. And then you you combine that with the fact that if, if you're going to watch it and you're not in Japan or you're not streaming uh, Samurai TV, which is like a – I don't call it a local station, but it's like a TV station out in Japan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then you're not getting any type of backstory in Japanese. You're getting a quick promo from each competitor that's English subtitles. You're getting – Uh, Then walking to the ring in their outfits and the music playing. You get the streamers, which is always fun, right? They're Mm -hmm. very good with their streamers. Uh, You get a high-quality match, and then you might get a promo afterwards. And that start to finish might only be 15 to 20 minutes for the the co-mains and the main events. But then your undercard might only be a seven-minute video, right? Right. And it's all broken up to be digestible over time because of the way they upload. So there is no fluidity to watching match after match after match. Uh, the way we are accustomed with like the, the WWE Network and pay-per-view stylings of watching start to finish an entire show, right? It breaks it up. And so it's a weird watch, right? For the people that have committed to it that haven't gravitated to watching, the same I get the same thing. When it comes to work rate in the ring and the execution of the act of wrestling – nobody does it better especially from a from a women's mm-hmm. wrestling side but they'll they'll talk more general than that and they say damn these women go out there and they perform right, uh, right. men are women compared to men or women they perform but it's not for me because there's just i'm I'm so used to the the pageantry and the and the production value that I, I just lose that sense of 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 whimsy you know when I watch right? Um, So it's different strokes for different folks in that regard. Uh, I challenge people that go into watching it to say, like, if you're a fan of the art of wrestling or you're disenfranchised with the type of wrestling you've been watching, stardom can get you back on that horse. Because Mm. these women go out there and they perform. If you're a fan of pyro and of music and characters that you know, are completely over the top because that's what you're used to growing up. Well, you're not going... And, like, you value that more than the in-ring work rate. Well, then you're not going to love stardom the way that I love stardom, right? Like, so to put kind of a... a, Not an analogy, but to kind of bring a visual to it. It's the difference between... if If you're a WCW fan, it's the difference between watching a Dean Malenko match and watching uh a a rick flair match right take the in-ring work out of it but the way uh the four horsemen used to come to the ring and the music that would play and the big fancy robes and the aura and the the promo skill sets of rick flair back in the the late 90s early 2000s and the way he sold what professional wrestling should be and the pyros going off behind him and there's this whole grandiose way of looking at things it's fantastic right and it's palatable and it's something that as a wrestling fan you know it, it's one third of what we're looking for Dean Malenko didn't have any of that he'd come to the ring shaking his wrists you know curling his wrists and when he got in there you just knew you were going to see a highly technical match right mm. stardom lends itself more to the D- Dean Malenko type of wrestling where it's there's there's no thrills there's no frills but we're going to go in there we're going to beat the shit out of each other right
0: yeah that's a great way to put it it's Without the pomp and circumstance, but still with some pageantry, there's a little bit of something, but it's not the same level. It's just not. And if you're expecting that when you watch Stardom, I think you'd be doing yourself a disservice because you're not going to get what you expected and you're not going to want to watch it. I think you have to go in there with a very open mind to understand that it's going to be something completely different than what you're used to, but give it a shot because of the people that you're going to watch. I think that's the real sell, at least for me. It's the women's wrestling that we get when you watch stardom. So why should people watch stardom right now? What about stardom should interest the wider world of wrestling Twitter, wrestling podcasting, or wrestling fans?
1: Um, I I think it's twofold uh, that stardom are specific. um, Because, again, Mm -hmm. I can talk about work rates all day. Sure. Right? But if you're a fan or you're missing in your fandom um, watching a promotion build new stars, then Stardom is a promotion you want to check out because they do an excellent job of building new stars. That's number one. Number two, if you're a fan of uh, complete rosters start to finish, right? If if you find that you're a little disenfranchised because you you have your main event, your mid-card, and your lower mid card and depending on who's fighting who when you can kind of predict who's going to win that match whether it be a raw uh, a dynamite or a pay-per-view mm. if that person has less status within the the hierarchy of the roster well then that person's not going to win that match right in stardom because there's so much parity and they can utilize the factions and they can utilize different styles um, you know, uh, to 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 fight one on one, or tag teams, or, or or on the trio side, you know, because everybody's so talented from from top to bottom, on any given night, anybody can beat anybody, and so the the unknowing uh, booking decisions, um, or I should say, the unpredictability of the booking uh, finishes, is something that as a as a fan, you can gravitate to because you're always on the edge of your seat on who's gonna win. It's
0: awesome. I don't know if you could put it any better than that, which is why you're here. Before we close out, who should people look for specifically in stardom? Who are the big stars right now that people should have their eye on? Like we're all gonna have our, our own that we attach to. We talked about it earlier, but sure. Who are some of the people that you need to be like paying attention to in stardom, in your opinion?
1: Well, it's so hard because, you know, stardom is in this bit of a renaissance. Um, mm-hmm. They're probably out of the renaissance now, but with EO leaving and Kyrie leaving, you know, they, they, there was a lot of question marks at the back end of last May, 2018, of who's going to, to take on uh, being the standard bearer uh, who's going to take over as the ace of new Japan era uh, of stardom, who's going to uh, rise to the top. Cause you have a lot of young talent, right? Mm-hmm. You have, you have people that are teenagers, you have early twenties. Again, if you're 26, you're, you tend to be on the older side within Joshi wrestling within stardom. Um, you know, but they've had a lot of people kind of ring the bell, kind of grab that brass ring over the last month to, to 16 months. So, you know, to sit here and say, "Well, who's somebody that you should know or you should you should pay attention to?" It's tough because there's a little bit of everything for everybody. Um, if you're completely new to stardom, I would tell you to start with with Mayu Iwatani because mm. um, that she's she's a little bit she's been a little cross promoted uh, with Ring of Honor and the Women of Honor Championship through uh, WrestleMania weekend last year. So if you're if you're a fan of if you were at SuperCard, or if you were, she had a match at at, at the SuperCard against Kelly Klein. Um, if if you're a Ring of Honor fan, you might have seen her in the past, and she really is the flag bearer, right? She is what I always said was the face of stardom. Um, Want Tanabe, the leader of Queens Quest, she's the ace now. She's taken over for Io Shirai. She's somebody worth investing your time into. She's 19, again, depending on birthdays, maybe 20 at this point. Um, but she's really kind of uh, leveraged. Uh, her status within Queen's Quest to kind of be the leader once EO left. She had a great run with the white belt um, uh, that she took from from EO, and then then ultimately defended it twelve times. And re- she really put herself in a good position. Hana Kamura is is the new star, the, the uh, signing that they, somebody that they've had working uh, with them. There's a lot of uh, history with her and her family. Kyoko is her mother. Started o tie. Tai. She just won the five star Grand Prix. You know, she's got a great look. She's got a western look. Um, she but but she's just got one of the best characters going in stardom right now. Uh you have uh Utami Hayashishida, who came out of their academy graduating class last year and just completely took the world by storm. Uh she's only 20, 21 years old and she's gonna be an absolute ridiculous uh uh competitor. She's already in the main event picture. She's big, she's tall, she's strong, she has a torture rack bomb. She goes in there and she puts people on <laughs> punishment. There, there's a lot of things that she does well, and she's going to be around a long time, and people are going to know who she is. Uh, Arisa Hoshiki has that kind of that martial artist, uh, um, or the, the mixed martial arts background. She does the Brazilian kick, that little question mark kick, and kicks people in the face. She has running knees. She utilizes her past history in, in catch-shoot fighting to her advantage to tell a different type of story in the ring. You have uh, Kagetsu, who's not only their um, trainer for everybody underneath of her, but, you know, she's been a standard bearer there for 10, 11 years now. Uh, she's the leader of Oedo Ties. She does the Mists. She does the 450s. You know, she she was their red belt champion for 9, 10 months before losing it to B. Uh, she's, she's somebody that's always going to go in there and put in great matches and lead these younger um, performers to uh, the promised land over time. And then finally, you have uh, Konami, and Konami is 22, 23 years old. She's the only student of Asuka, and she runs a very similar type of offense, a lot of strikes, a lot of submission-based wrestling. Um, If you're a fan of Asuka and you kind of want to see what one of her pupils, her only pupil, is doing, go to Stardom, hashtag watch Stardom, because that's where Konami is, and, and she's doing great work as well. Again, there's just a lot of good things that there's doing. There's a lot of good styles. If you're a fan of fast-paced wrestling, you got Azumi and and Starlight Kid and Riho and and Death Yama, um, who, you know, are running that style for the high-speed title um, back and forth. Like, there's just so much different, or there's so many different uh, uh, styles and stardom that, if depending on what you're a fan of, you can find uh, uh, somebody to gravitate towards.
0: My favorite part about this whole thing was that you listed so many people.
1: <laughs> I can keep going. You to want to talk out. Jungle Kiona and the I underdog know. story? We can do that. You want to talk about the the <laughs> the, the Blue Chipper and Hazuki, the the Wild Heart, and and her coming up through the ranks? We can we can go that route. If you want to talk about a <laughs> a, a constant professional uh, who with a little bit of aloofness to her, uh, we're talking Tom Nakano here and the way she brings the stuffed animal to the ring and. And and her karate background is utilized in every one of her matches. Like, there's so many different routes I can take this. You I know. know. We talk about these people. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, th- their goal is to go in there and put on uh, an entertaining show. And they succeeded with those shows week in and week out. And, again, if you're going to spend money on a subscription-based wrestling service, you know, there is no better bang for your buck wrestling content volume of content for dollar spent than stardom worldcom
0: Man, they should partner with you, JPQ. (laughs) I've I've
1: been trying. I've been trying.
0: I know. You have. It's true. But this is this is why I wanted to start this series after you guys kind of put the bug in my ear about it because that's how I found GCW. That's how I found stardom is somebody was like, dude, like you need to watch this. And I'm like, I don't know. And like, no, you need to try. And, and look at how my fandom has changed in the past six months because of that. It's opened so many doors and so many possibilities. And that's all I really want. I know that it's not going to resonate with everybody. I know it's not going to be everybody's favorite thing. I know people aren't going to geek out about it like we do or you do specifically for stardom. It's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. But that's cool because at least you're trying if right now you're just unhappy with what's generally happening around you, there are so many other amazing promotions with such great talent that I feel like do not get talked about enough, and this is one of them.
1: Yeah, I, and I think to your point, getting into a new wrestling promotion is its confusing, mm-hmm. right? Like GCW does one of the best jobs because there's usually no build. It's just a showcase of different... Wrestlers and matches, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're a deathmatch person or you're a comedy rest, uh, wrestling fan or you like the big, beefy, super hefty weights going after one another, or you're a fan of a certain wrestler who just ends up being there that night, like you don't need build, you don't need to follow a story. Stardom's a lot like that, right? You can jump in. Mm-hmm. The way I tell people to get into stardom is, you know, ask for a couple uh, match recommendations. They can be from me, they can be from a- anybody. Um, Check out those matches on YouTube. Check out those matches on, on Daily Motion. You know, learn some of these people's names. Find somebody that you gravitate to. Then if you're going to jump into stardom-world.com, you have a foundation in which to build off of. And as you start watching through the shows, you're looking for the people that you that you recognize. And along the way, you'll start picking up the nuances of everybody else. And what you'll find over time is once you understand the entire roster and the dynamic between the factions, it's, it's like, jumping into outer space, right? It's yeah. There's this little bit of a learning grace period that you kind of have to trudge through, right? Mm-hmm. Your senses are different, the promotion's different, the presentation's different, and you're learning all these wrestlers all in a different language. Yep. But then once you understand it, boom, off to the moon you go because you know the wrestling is going to be good, and now it's about backfilling the, the character development side. And you get to that point, you'll find something in your fandom that'll be satiated through stardom.
0: And as for me, Hannah's my girl now. <laughs> I found her and I was like, yep, that's the one. I <laughs> like she Momotu. Got... And I love uh, Kagetsu and, and all that. But yeah. Hannah, there's something about her, man. That five-star Grand Prix changed my whole mind.
1: <laughs> She's got I an aura to her. She's, she so... comes out, she sings Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, and then she beats your ass. It's an amazing it's character weird. in the way that it works, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's weird the way it works. Exactly right. Was it going to say? There it is. Hashtag Queen of Pub Connection. And what better way to end? JPQ, I can't thank you enough for coming on today for the very first episode of Queenie Guides, a series with starting with stardom no better way to begin and i know that you agree mm-hmm. no better way to begin than stardom um but i want to thank you again for coming and please tell the people where they can find you as if they don't know already but they need to know again
1: <laughs> yeah uh, well first and foremost thank you queen for having me back you know it's always a pleasure and an honor to be on queen's court uh i like this queenie guides i'm excited to see who you bring on for other promotions and i'm excited to learn something along the way for promotions that i may not have the time to to, to focus my energy He's on right now, um, but given you know the opportunity to to have a discussion about them, might find my way into into my catalog of watching week in and week out. So I, I love what you're doing with regards to hashtag Queenie guides. For me, you can find me one half of the hashtag Queen and Pup connection on no particular angle. Every single Wednesday, talking anything and everything in pro wrestling. We focus on you know one certain aspect of the last week or so a storyline, uh, a topic, uh, news-related, you know, promotion-related. We find something, and we kind of expand upon that, and either we speculate out or we, we talk about the world, that is. Um, and, and we try to switch it up every week, right? There's a lot of wrestling out there. There's a lot of people not talking about certain types of wrestling. It's important that, you know, as fans, we, we diversify our portfolio as much as we can, and, and I hope that no particular angle, um, which kind of the name suits uh can 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 inspire some people to or motivate some people to 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 check out something that otherwise they may not have known that they they would be fans of so uh, i appreciate taking the time as far as twitter at big paws on a pup as well as at npa podcast is where you can find me talking anything and everything hashtag watch stardom
0: hashtag watch stardom and if this didn't convince you pals i don't know what to tell you but we're out and as always be kind to one another.